Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. I don't know how the weather is where you are, but it is definitely hot here. <laughs> I'm enrolled in my utility company's program to shift electricity usage, which makes me laugh because it recommends changing your thermostat and running major appliances later in the evening. Well, I don't have air conditioning, so I can't get energy savings by changing the thermostat, and I don't have a dishwasher or a washing machine, so I can't change when I use the major appliances that I don't own in the first place. They recently had challenge days and regretted to inform me that my energy usage hadn't gone down. Not that it had changed much from any other day. I was slightly up because I was running fans during a time I didn't used to be home because I was at the office. Not that any of this matters at all. It's a very long way of saying that I work from home and it's hot out and I hope that wherever you are, you are comfortable. <laughs> Today, we return to the Iliad. We are up to book 18, so we are closing in. Sort of. Okay, if you do the math, we're three-fourths of the way through, but that's closer to the end than the beginning. When we left off at the end of Book 17, Achilles still didn't know what had happened to Patroclus, but Antilochus was on his way to tell him. And that is where Book 18 picks up. Antilochus runs to Achilles' camp and finds him sitting in front of his ships in the style of Rodan's The Thinker. Antilochus doesn't have to say anything. Achilles looks at him and says that the only possible reason that the battle seems to be going the way it is is that Patroclus is dead, even though he told him to come right back home after driving the Trojans away from the Greek ships. Antilochus confirms what Achilles has said, adding that Hector has taken his armor. And even though he is not surprised by this news, Achilles is still overwrought by it. He pours ashes over himself. He rolls in the dirt. He tears at his hair. And Antilochus sits next to him and holds him, both to mourn with him and to prevent him from hurting himself. Achilles cries so hard and loud that his mother hears him, even though she is currently in her father's palace in the depths of the sea with 33 of her sisters by her side. I won't name them, but Homer does. Thetis speaks of her sorrow. She has always known that her son will die, and now his time is approaching. But he does still live, and yet while he lives, he sorrows, and there is nothing she can do to make him feel better. But even though it won't change anything, she's still his mother, and she will still go to him. Because that's what mothers do, and she does. And her sisters come with her because that's what happens when you have 33-plus aunts. Thetis goes to Achilles and asks what wrong, even though she already knows the answer. Patroclus is dead, Achilles tells her. His best friend, whom he loved more than life, he's gone. Hector killed him and took his armor. You know the armor, he tells his mother. It's the armor the gods gave dad when you married him. He tells her that he doesn't want to live anymore, except for one reason, and that's to kill Hector. Thetis cries because she's not ready to lose her son, and his fate is to die soon after Hector. Achilles doesn't care. He wasn't with Patroclus, and that was why Patroclus died. It's up to him to avenge him. Thetis points out that he has one little problem. Hector is currently wearing Achilles' armor. So even though Achilles is ready to go fight, he needs to wait while Thetis goes to get a new suit from Hephaestus. Achilles waits. The Nereids return to the sea, and Thetis goes to Olympus, as promised. 
Meanwhile, over on the battlefield, the fight continues over the body of Patroclus. Hector and the Iontes are taking turns, gaining and losing ground. Hera sends Iris to tell Achilles that he needs to go and join the fight. Achilles explains that he can't go, not yet. He's promised his mother to wait until she has brought him new armor from Hephaestus. Iris tells him that the gods know this. Maybe he could just go to the ditch between the Greek encampment and the battlefield and show himself so the Trojans know he's there. I have a five-year-old. I cannot tell you how hard it is not to start singing Show Yourself from Frozen 2 right now. Iris leaves. Achilles does show himself, and when he does, Athena seeps, uh, sweeps her aegis around him and encircles him in a golden cloud, and a blaze of fire shoots from Achilles' head. These are all signals of the gods and Zeus. He stands on the rampart and shouts, and Athena adds to his cry, magnifies it. The Trojans are terrified by this, and the Greeks are finally able to pull Patroclus away from the battlefield as night falls. Back in the Trojan camp, Polydamas again tries to give counsel to Hector. This time, his advice is for the Trojans to retreat all the way back to the city. And from within the safety of the walls, they can regroup without any worry of an attack from the Greeks. Hector sounds like some politicians today when he responds, These things that you argue please me no longer. Hector says he won't run from the fight. He puts his trust in Ares. The Trojans cheer because Athena has taken their wits from them. They stay where they are. Meanwhile, in the Greek camp, there is a wake for Patroclus. And while his body is prepared for burial, Achilles insists that they will not bury the fallen hero until after Hector has been killed. Zeus sees the mourning and tells Hera that he knows what she did. She scoffs. How could she not give sorrow to the Trojans, she says, and reminds her husband of how much she hates them. Thetis has now arrived on Olympus. She goes to Hephaestus's house where she welcomed, where she's welcomed by Charis, the goddess he married after his divorce from Aphrodite. Hephaestus greets her and speaks fondly of how Thetis cared for him after he'd been thrown from Olympus. He asks why she has come. Thetis breaks down. Crying, she explains everything that has happened and everything that is to happen, and she asks Hephaestus to make Achilles a new suit of armor. And of course he agrees. Now, remember the myth episode on the shield of Heracles? Well, what follows is a lengthy description of the shield of Achilles. It depicts heaven and earth and the sea. There is a city at peace and a corresponding city at war. There are scenes of rural life depicting plowing, reaping, the vineyard, winter, dancing. And the ocean river runs along the outer rim. Um... I left out a whole lot of that description. It, it's several pages of describing just Achilles' shield. Oh, and Hephaestus also makes a helmet and a breastplate. They're described, but not in nearly as much detail as the shield. Thetis takes all of these gifts and sweeps back from Olympus to the Greek encampment. And that is the end of Book 18. like this part of the Iliad. Or to clarify, the first part of this book of the Iliad. It is a wonderful depiction and commentary on grief. I especially love the scene with Thetis and her grief at watching her son's grief, because what she says is true. 
We can offer comfort to a bereaved loved one, but we can't take away their grief no matter how much we want to. And Thetis does want to do something, and she finds something to do in getting new armor for Achilles. She can't take away his pain. She can't take away his grief. She can't take her own grief away, but she can ask Hephaestus for armor. And speaking of Hephaestus, I also like when, Athe- when Thetis goes to his house. It's a nice take on the story of Hephaestus being thrown from Olympus. We usually see that story more from the point of view of Hera. Um, and I love this take on it as a happy memory because it forged this relationship between Hephaestus and Thetis. Pun not intended until I realized what I wrote and uh, knew I had to leave it in. Most of the themes in this book are what we have seen before, so I'm not going to go into detail on them. We can talk about them on the blog if there's something that you have a burning need to cover. I do, however, want to comment on the Hector Polydamas scene. As we have seen before, Hector only takes Polydamas' advice when it suits him. Polydamas, however, has a perfect record. Because night has fallen, we don't see the outcome of Hector's decision, but Homer tells us it was a bad choice. And it is interesting that the Trojans agree with Hector, not because he is their leader, but because Athena has taken their wits away. Is that the reason for groupthink? Because the goddess of wisdom takes the wisdom of the group from them? Anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the wits of the Trojans, grief, Achilles' shield, and anything else that struck you in this or anything else we've covered so far. The link to the blog is in the show notes. On Friday, we will have another Power of Myth episode, episode 5, Love and the Goddess. I'll talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.